CJ the Gifted said, why not register the alt to all? So if you're a composer or a writer and you're trying to register with ASCAP, BMI, or CSAC, you can only uh, register, be registered with one at a time as a writer or composer. If you're a publisher, you can register with all three. Um, but you have to have, you know, like a publishing company. Um, and then, you know, you're allowed to, to register with all three because publishers have to represent writers who are affiliated with each organization. Um, so that's that's the reason why, you know, you just can't register with all because you have to pick which one is going to collect um, for you on, on your behalf as a writer. Yo, what's good? This is Clint, your host on the Music Is My Business podcast, the podcast where you can gain insight and learn proven strategies to build and monetize your music career. If you want your questions answered live, join me on YouTube at Clint Music on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern time, and let's chop it up. Now let's dig into this week's episode. This week, just kind of cleaning up production stuff that I started like a long time ago and just never got around uh, to finishing it and kept like putting it off. So uh, it's been a lot of finishing stuff up for me this week. Yesterday, I finished a track that I did for a library that I ended up getting accepted to uh, for some TV placement stuff. Um, so they, they gave me the green light and I started some music, but then I got sidetracked working on some other stuff. So now I was able to kind of circle back around and start working and finishing up that stuff. So, um, so yeah, so I finished that and started like another idea for them that I'm gonna go back and finish that. Um, hopefully that brief is still relevant because that was, was a minute ago, it was like a few months ago now, but so finish that. Um, let's see, just uh, creating some more content, dope stuff, information for the Instagram page. Um, uh, got a, a did a brand deal uh, or sponsorship for some some content coming up uh, for some dope uh, music tech software kind of stuff. So um, stay tuned for that definitely a dope resource that I think a lot of producers and artists and things like that will be able to take advantage of um, so solidifying that and um, yeah just planning uh, the next few weeks of content to help you guys uh, shout out to Josh Taylor what's up Josh from Los Angeles that's what's up how's the weather in LA uh, for the new people that's coming in man let me know where you guys are from let me know what you do and um we're going to dig into these questions, man. I'll be on here for about, I don't know, about another, about an hour. We usually do an hour. We hang out. Um, I was on Instagram earlier doing live, answering a bunch of questions on there. So that was dope. Um, so now I'm on here doing the same thing, hoping to help more people, give some value, share my experiences. And then we all grow together. What's up, Stone Cage? Welcome, producer, drummer from Denver. Nice, ice cold producer in Denver as well. We got Denver in the building, that's what's up. <clears throat> that's what's up, man. So let me know what you guys been up to this week. What are some challenges you guys have been facing? And how can we help get you through those challenges? Uh, Kimberly, what's going on? Good afternoon from Columbus, Ohio. Based right now. That's what's up. Go Buckeyes. Sterling from Detroit, Michigan. Production engineering. I'm very interested. That's what's up. Uh, that's what's up. Yeah, let's jump in. Let's jump into these questions, Kimberly. Let me know what's the question. And let's see how I can help. And for the new people coming in, it's a Q&A. Bring your questions. I'm an open book. Y'all have me for like the next hour. Shout out to April. Uh, from Maryland. Thanks for coming through. 
Okay, so let's see. Scammy says looked up a show that's still on, and there were two music supervisors with start and end years. 2017 to 2018, 2018 to 19, and now 2018 to present. Yes, I see that often. <clears throat> Josh Taylor. The question is, could you tell us a little bit about leasing music and how to keep our music protected while others are using it. Yeah, so if you're leasing beats, so say you're a producer and you're you're leasing tracks um, to other artists, um, it's you know it, you, the main thing is just your paperwork. You know what does your paperwork say? Um, you can send it to an attorney to review, uh, to make sure it's the terms that are in your favor, make sure it's protecting you and what you need, um, you know, to be protected from. And then honestly, the rest of it is, uh, you know, if, if you want to copyright that music, um, if you're selling it to different artists and you just want to make sure, you know, you can further solidify your ownership, um, then you can do that as well. Um, but people are, at the end of the day, people are going to do what they want to do, man. Some people are just going to steal. They're going to find a way to get your beats for free. They're going to find a way to, to use it illegally. Um, everything you just can't keep up with. But if it's something worth pursuing or suing over or whatever, um, you know, you at least have your paperwork established um, and have things that you can, you can help prove that you own the music. Um so yeah, that's that's pretty much how to how to do that. Howard Wilkes was good. Kimberly, okay. So you said who do you reach out to when there's no current music supervisor? Okay, so you've seen that there's multiple music supervisors for certain years. If the last one says 2018 to present, um, or if you don't see one that says 2000, because it says and not 2018 to present, um, you just reach out to the latest one that you've seen, or any. I'll reach out to all of them. Like I'm gonna be honest. Like if I'm trying to get in touch with somebody, I'll reach out to all of them because even though they may not be working on that project currently they could be working on other projects right so um reach out to all of them and see you know hey like where can you help you know ask what what they're currently working on or even do research um based on the, the supervisor's names that you found and just touch shoot try and touch all of them um that way you you know you increase your chances of getting in touch with someone who needs music um and can you know you can you can help and, and give value in that way um and then you may stumble across the one that's actually currently working on the show but if if they don't have one listed either um it's possible that they didn't use a music supervisor for you know the latest season or current season they may just be using you know a music library sometimes they they just use libraries and just source all their music from you know a, a music library company or a music licensing company um so that's a possibility as well so hopefully that helps April says, how many libraries should you submit to? As many as possible. Um, I tell everybody, like when I started out trying to get some, some licensing deals, I was reaching out to like three to five libraries a day um, for like 30 days straight. So submit to as many as you can. Cause what happens is like some of them you may find, ah, I don't really want to work with or their, their process is just a lot to do or, or like to upload and different things and it may not work for you um so the more you kind of reach out to and submit to that'll give you room to you know establish relationships with a handful and as that number kind of dwindles um 
you'll have more libraries that you have left to actually work with um, and that works well with your workflow and what you're trying to do. So as many as possible, it's a numbers game. Thanks for coming through. Robin, what's up? Robin says, should you register with BMI or ASCAP? Yes, you should. If you wanna, especially if you're getting TV placements or any performance royalty, you definitely wanna register with BMI or ASCAP. If you're asking which one, you kinda have to pick that yourself. Um, I was with BMI, BMI was cool. Didn't have any, I didn't have any major issues. I'm with CSAC now, um, CSAC is dope. Um, but they all do the same thing. Just do your research on each, see which one you think would be a good fit for you and what you do. Um, you know, some of them, they have their sets of different discounts for composers and writers and publishers. Um, some of them have ev different events that you can attend. I think ASCAP has a, like a lot of events and their content is pretty dope, um, you know, from their like their email list. So. Just, just do some research and, um, you know, just pick one. But you definitely want to be registered with one so you can collect those, those performance royalties. Stone Cage says, should I register with a pro before leasing beats online? Um, yeah, I mean, I would like that's getting that just having that pro registration um to begin with is just it's always good because you're gonna you're gonna need it at some point right so definitely go ahead register um and then those beats that that you're leasing um go ahead and, and register those instrumentals with the pro um because you never know you know you never know where they can end up or, or where they could be to, to start generating royalties so you know, just to have that in place is one less thing that you have to worry about um, in the future. So, yeah, absolutely, man. Appreciate you coming through, Stone. No problem, Kimberly. Glad that helps. Howard Wilkes says, am I covered by CD Baby on copyright? Um, I have not used CD Baby in years. Like I haven't even been to their website in a long time. So unless they have a feature that copyrights your music for you, no, that it doesn't cover you. Um, like I said, I don't know if they added that that feature. When I last time I was on there, they didn't copyright music for you. Um, if you wanted to be registered with copyright.gov, you have to go to copyright.gov and actually uh, register your song or your music directly on copyright.gov unless something's changed with CD Baby. <laughs> so Ice Cold says if an artist leases a beat and then wants to submit the song for TV commercial or film placement would that be a conflict of interest since the beat was leased to other artists? Absolutely. Um, and that's exactly why I don't, I don't allow, um, like in my contract, like when I sell beats, um, through BeatStars, I took away the, you know, the, the TV film um, broadcast rights because that can be a conflict of interest um, because you could anything can happen to create confusion so like if you i don't know like if they send it um to it for tv and film and say this licensing deal is an exclusive deal where they're the only ones that can publish it and then you have some other artists try and do the same thing but they didn't reach out to you and then it gets placed now people are like oh who owns this this wasn't supposed to be sent or published everything stops um and it just creates a bunch of confusion a bunch of headaches of who owns what um and it can just it can be confusing that's why personally i keep like my beat leases and what i do for tv and film separate 
um, because I try and avoid that as much as possible. Um, exclusive stuff, you know, I treat different. Like if I'm making something exclusively for like one particular artist, then that's different. You know, I'll pitch that absolutely for TV and film. Um, but if it's something that's leased out to a bunch of different people, um, I just don't want the headaches that are associated with that. So for that reason, yeah, I I don't I don't do that. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a really good question, and it was something that it, that's partially why it took me so long to start. Um, leasing beats online because um i was doing tv and film stuff first but then i was trying to figure out a way to not have that you know conflict um because it can depending on on how you do it so what i did was just say like okay well you just can't can't pitch it to tv and film which is you know i mean it's kind of kind of unfortunate for the artists because they can't take advantage of that opportunity um if they lease it but you know if you want more rights then i guess you you just kind of have to go the exclusive route so that's a really good question man uh, for people who are just joining man i'm answering questions it's a live q a music licensing music business um and music production um so i'm on here let me know where you guys are from as you're coming in and um, just hit me with your questions. I'm, I'm trying to knock out as many as I can. Corey Hadley, what's up? The question is, are you still getting royalties from ASCAP even then you have switched to a different pro? So I was with BMI and I switched to CSAC, right? Am I still getting royalties from BMI personally I'm not uh, because the t the time that I switched from BMI to ASCAP um, it was before I got like super heavy in in the TV and film um, so I had like a placement a, a couple placements Fox Sports NFL Network um, so those royalties came through BMI and at that time I wasn't I don't think I was earning um, I don't think I was earning anything during the time I made that switch but it is a possibility like if you're switching if there's some works that are still registered with BMI there's a possibility you could you know potentially see some some future royalties royalties from that um, after but now that most of my catalog is over CSAC, where that's where everything is earning, then everything I'm getting is from is from CSAC. So I'm sure there's some cases out there where you know somebody's getting royalties from from both from a um, and then it depends on how you do things too. Like if if you take your catalog and then everything you know depending on what publishers you're signed with and then they have that information then everything should go over to the new pro because technically they're the only ones that should be collecting performance rights uh royalties for you so hopefully that makes sense <laughs> yeah i think that's that's one of those things that you know is it's gonna depend on the situation and, and the works, how much stuff you you know have over there catalog wise and yeah man. Switching sometimes can just be uh, it can be a task, but if you don't have to I wouldn't So I said, I started leasing beats online before I transitioned to TV and film placement. I find myself wanting to upload every beat I create naturally, right? How do you determine what to submit for TV and film and what to lease? Um, so 
when I sit down to create, right? I'm kind of, I already know what is gonna be for what. So when I'm working for TV and film stuff, usually I'm working off of a brief, like a request that they sent of some music that they want. So when I sit down to create music, I'm creating music for TV. Like say today, I was working on tracks for TV. Um, and then that's just that, you know? So now if I'm, if I'm at a point like, okay, I wanna create something for the beat store specifically, then I'll sit down and create for the beat store. Um, so I haven't created anything for my store in a while. Um, but before, when I was uploading, trying to upload stuff like every week, um, I would just have a day of the week where I would just work specifically on the stuff that's gonna that's gonna be leased. Um, then I had days where I was just working on stuff that was gonna be for, for TV. So I pretty much decide what's gonna be what up front before I even start making it. Um, so that's how I do it versus creating and then trying to figure out, okay, do I wanna send this to TV? Um, because for me, like I have to know because my structure and what I make is gonna be different based on what I'm making it for. You know, the beat store stuff, I do a lot more, you know, um, like R&B stuff on, on there. Um, versus, you know, the TV and film stuff. I'm doing all types of genres for that. Um, and it, most of it is stuff that I probably wouldn't upload on the on the store. So, yeah, that's how I go about it. CJ the Gifted said, why not register the all to all? So if you're a composer or a writer and you're trying to register with ASCAP, BMI, or CSAC, you can only uh register be registered with one at a time as a writer or composer if you're a publisher you can register with all three um but you have to have you know like a publishing company um and then you know you're allowed to, to register with all three because publishers have to represent writers who are affiliated with each organization um so that's that's the reason why you know you just can't register with all because you have to pick which one is going to collect um for you on, on your behalf as a writer um so yeah what's up quaz 5000 thanks for coming through Sterling says, in your program, do you give feedback on sound quality and mixing recommendations? Um, so I do that through consultations um, and or critiques. Um, so the consultations, I do hour long consultations, right? And what those are, they're Zoom video calls, one on one sessions. You see me, I see you. And we, uh, I answer any questions you have, and then I include up to three critiques. So you have three beats, three songs. During that time, I critique them live, let you know exactly what you need to work on, if anything needs to be worked on, um, and let you know how you can fix it um, to see the highest chance of placement, um, whether that's sound selection, mixing, mastering, um, you know, just structure, different things like that and then uh, just really break it down for you um, during those sessions. Or if you just wanna send a track across, have me critique it through email, I do those email critiques um, where it's uh, you just book a critique per song, send the song through, I give you my critique through email and then you get that feedback and then you go from there. Um, so whichever one is, is most convenient for you, um, those are available at this website here clintproductions.com slash services um, if that's something that you guys need um, to kind of move you forward but no it's not included in my my road to 10 placements course that course my course is is focused on pretty much teaching you how to fish like teaching you how to find companies that are looking for your music teaching you how to get your music ready for submission um, what that looks like and um you know just the the process and getting started and getting your music placed in tv and film 
What's up, John? Welcome to the group, man. We just here. We chill it. We, we chill. We chill it. We chill, chop it up, answer questions. And um, yeah, man, if you, if you got a question, just let me know. I'm here. No problem, Ice Cold. Steven Jean-Baptiste. Do people still buy your beats? Yes, believe it or not. People still buy my beats, man. Every now and then, I get a, a beat sale come through. But it's kind of, it's it's falling off a little bit because I haven't been, um, I haven't uploaded on there in a minute. So I need to get back on that. Howard says, just found out that CD Baby will register my music to BMI. Oh, that's dope. I mean, that shoot, that saves you a step. Um, so that's super dope that it can it can all be done in, in one place. Corey, does your sample pack have those super important stings in them? And do you have drum kits? So my sample pack doesn't have like stings so stings are like created from the track as a whole right so there's no like i don't have which would be interesting to think about but i don't have like standalone stings because they're created specifically in each track in each full track so um no the sample packs are are loops um I have a couple couple MIDI packs and then sample packs with with the wave loops and MIDI um, so you can kind of manipulate it. So it's like four, eight bars of chords, progressions, melodies, um, a couple bass lines here and there. Um, but yeah, that's that's what that is. No stings included. And yes, I have a I have a drum kit, uh, Urban Drums on my website as well. Um, so that's shop shop.clintproductions.com if you guys want to see the the store and everything I have resources for producers all of that stuff uh, young ivory says do you have a producer agreement template no I do not but my advice would be if you if you have like a uh, you can find like an entertainment attorney um, they'll they'll do like a bundle just let let them know exactly what you need and they can tailor it um to you know what you what you need it for and how you're trying to trying to do business what's up tay d welcome back uh shout out to new people man new people coming in let me know where you guys are from what you do and what questions you have man i'm, I'm here to help um Corey hadley says how long ago did you get your first tv sync license placement where were you in life and how did it feel man so my first tv placement nfl network that was 2013 i think uh felt great i was at the time i was a full-time gigging musician slash struggling musician <laughs> but yeah i was uh i was at home I was getting ready to go to the gym and was checking you know my websites and stuff check my publisher's website publisher had it posted i seen my thing they had like this thing that scrolls through and it shows like recent placements and uh, my picture showed up and it said um you know the title of the song or track and my name and i was like i was super geek man i was excited um felt motivated and just felt like you know like i I wanted more like I wanted to, to get more it was it was proof of concept for me you know you put in the work you send it off you get it placed so now it's just like let's see how many times I can do this over and over again um so super dope feeling that was the that was that was the first placement What's up, Floric from Jacksonville? Currently registered with SyncCon. Dope. I heard dope things about them. Uh, do you have a recommendation of a site or agency to go through to look for sync opportunities? Google everything. 
is on Google, man. Google sync agencies, music licensing company, uh, music library, and then sift through and go through all the different run ones, look at their credits. Um, a lot of them will have like a submission page or whatever. Um, so yeah, Google, that's like, it's the number one way to find, my bad, that's my number one way to, to find a music licensing company. There's tons of them. Um, and they're super approachable. Like I feel like people think, you know, some people think like, you know, you gotta like approach them in like this super strategic way, which, you know, you don't wanna, you don't wanna approach them and be obnoxious, right? But they need music, man. So if you have dope music, just ask them, you know, are, are they accepting submissions? And they're pretty cool, man. Like I haven't, I haven't had any issues, you know, shooting an email out and just asking. And they'll, they'll reach back. Some of them take forever to reach back. Some of them don't reach back at all, man. I reached out to some of these bigger ones, like, uh, uh, was it Killer Tracks or, um, I don't know. It was one of them, but they still ain't hit me back. It's been like two years. What's up, Teddy? Teddy says, is there an easier way to submit tracks to libraries other than creating a compressed file or uploading to DistroKid or Audio Mac to create a link? Um, it depends on it depends on how they want it, but you have Box.com, which which I use a lot. Um, Disco.ac, which is kind of, it's like a whole service, um, which that's super easy because you can create like specific playlists for like, if, you know, they ask you for a link, submit a link, you can create like a tailored playlist just for them, create a link and shoot that link off to them. Um, and just add whatever songs from your catalog on Disco.ac, Disco.ac and just put it in the in the playlist. Um, so that's super duper convenient. Um, but outside of that, box.com is simple, or you can get, you can get like WeTransfer Pro where you can set the link not to expire. Um, and then, you know, just upload on there and just, just send it. But it really depends on the company, how they want music submitted to them. Um, but those are a couple couple ways that I do it. Appreciate you coming through, Teddy. What caught your attention about your current pro over BMI? Um, the responsiveness, man. Like, they, it was a lot of events going on when they had the office here in Atlanta. And just super open and cool, man, and, and willing to help. A lot of resources, um, events, and things like that. And just being able to easily get in touch with someone if there was an issue or question about royalties, um, I would get a response like in a decent amount of time. Um, and just having that, you know, that close knit um, environment that they have, that's that's what attracted me to um, to CSAC. Um, so, yeah. What's up, Kevo? Absolutely, man. Glad I can help. Quaz from Lancaster, Cali. I'm a producer and engineer. I have a few artists, but looking to break into TV and film. I saw a lot of your promos and decided to check you out. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Stone. It's a good question. Should I have my LLC established before I start submitting for placements? Um, no, you, it's not necessary to have that established to get started when you're, you're starting out. 
Um, you can just use, use your name, you know, you'll use your name and social security when they send you, you know, W-9 forms to fill out and things like that. Um, but no, you, you don't have to have that, like, especially starting out. Like if it's something you want to um, eventually establish, um, then you can do that. And then, you know, you can either submit a new W-9 to companies you're currently working with, with your LLC name and then your EIN number. Um, and then moving forward, you know, with the new companies that you work with, you can just use that that LLC Um you know but nah it's not it's not necessary to get started you would just use your you know your personal information name social security and if you have if you got paid anything then you would just get you know that 1099 in your name pretty much Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm registered with Song Trust. So Ice Ice Coast says I'm registered with BMI and Song Trust. Song Trust is designed to complement the current pro you're registered to, and they collect royalties that ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, etc. Do not. Yeah, it's pretty much what it is, and it, and just making sure like anything that was left, uh, you know, anything that was just kind of left floating around out there worldwide, you know, they'll go out make sure um they get. Um, everything they can so um, yeah pretty cool and then they also re will register like if you you can upload your your tracks or your songs to song trust and then they um, will make sure it's registered with all the pros throughout the world including the one that you're with in um, in the US um, takes a little longer for it to to process especially versus like uploading directly to BMI um, but you know, they, they eventually get it done, but yeah, um, I mean, they've been pretty cool. They've been collecting some stuff for me, um, mostly from like the instrumental tracks and stuff that I upload on uh, distro kid and all that stuff. They go and and stuff that I've done for, for different artists, you know, they just, they kind of go out and collect everything that. Um, like you said, that CSAC, you know, didn't collect or don't collect on different things like that. So yeah, dope stuff. Stone Cage says, thanks, man. I did get the role to 10 placements and I'll be here for info until I get placed. I appreciate what you're doing. Dope, man. Thank you. Glad you, you got the course. Glad it's helpful. And um, yeah, man, glad you're using these lives to, to answer, you know, those little in-between questions that, that come up, um, you know, because it, it's hard to answer every individual question in a course. Um, so that's why I hop on here and do these lives as well so that you know, as you're going through the process of trying to get your first TV placement or, you know, just going through the process of just building a business as a producer, like you have different questions, different situations come up. Um, so, yeah, definitely here as a resource and glad this info is helping you guys. Corey says, is a movie or show that you have made music for that you watch regularly or is your favorite movie? Um, man, um, not really. Like there was a cooking show that my wife watched regularly and I found out I got, I had music on there, but not really. I don't watch TV a lot, honestly ironically like i don't um i don't watch a lot of tv like i'll pick like there may be a show or something that me and the wife decides we we want to watch so we'll like watch an episode a night or something like that or we'll watch a movie um you know during the weekend or something like that but for the most part 
um, it's on like random kid educational YouTubes and <laughs> podcasts and stuff uh, through the week because we got the little guy so he pretty much takes over the <clears throat> the TV during the day. <laughs> nah, it's all good. But yeah, like, um, when I was back in college, man, like, I got to a point where I was just like, yo, I need to focus, man. Like, so I got rid of, um, I got rid of my, my TV, got rid of my Xbox, um, and yeah, all of that stuff, man. And I was just like, the only the only thing that was in my apartment was music gear. So if I wanted to do something, it was gonna have to be music. Um, so that's all I did, and that was that was like right after college. Um, and then when I moved, I moved to Atlanta and just brought you know all music gear, clothes, and all that stuff. And then I just never, I never bought it, went and bought another TV or, or a system. But I was just like, I'm, I'm, it's a habit now. Like I don't need it. Like I don't watch it. I don't desire, like if I wanted to watch something, um, I'll just, you know, stream it, um, uh, from a streaming service online or something like that. But I didn't get a TV until, um, until I got married. And that was like, that was some years ago. But yeah, man. And then I just never uh, went back into that that routine of coming home from work and then just binging on TV. How much time do you usually spend in a day making music? Depends on the day. Yesterday, yesterday I spent a chunk a chunk of time working on music. Um, so it was about. Let me see. I did the I did the sound pack and then I finished that beat. Um, so I spent I don't know, I spent a, a solid four hours working on music yesterday, in addition to all the other stuff that I do. Um, so it really depends on the day. And then there's some days where it's just like, yo, it's gonna be like the full, you know, six six seven hours or whatever, just working on music. So yeah, depends on the day. What's up, Row City Rider? The question is, do you get royalties for every time the pay the placement plays like artists do with streams? Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so every time a show airs that has your music on it that's placed. Um, you get paid a royalty unless you sign some agreement that says you don't. Um, so literally, um, any show, you know how like shows or like like Love and Hip Hop have like a uh, what you like a marathon or whatever, and they go and replay all the episodes from like the previous season. Um, you get paid every time that happens. Every replay overnight. Um, when it starts to air in other countries, you get that. When it switches over to streaming services, you get that, even though it's like super duper small. Um, but yeah, and I still don't quite know how they calculate um, the royalties on like Netflix and stuff. I don't know. I don't know how that works um, as far as like per stream or if it's just like a random number that they pick i don't know that's interesting they don't give you much detail when you see those it'll just say like hulu the name of the track and then how much you got but they don't really give you details like that so yeah shout out to the new people that's coming in man if you guys do not know what's going on it's a live q a i'm answering questions about music business music licensing and production and um yeah we just chop it up man and i help you guys uh get unstuck and answer any questions that you guys have and just help you guys figure out ways to monetize your music 
and um and bid you know build your music businesses. Question is which would pay more? Having your beat be the theme song for a series for multiple seasons or having a full song get placed in a major movie hmm i'm gonna go with the uh the theme song for a series for multiple seasons but this is the thing though that whatever that that theme song the show is going to depend on the it's going to depend on the agreement you sign the network and all that stuff how successful the show is syndication like all of that stuff um so it really it really depends i personally i feel like i would rather have the theme song on a show for multiple seasons um because because your theme song i think your theme song makes more money than you know like the background instrumental cues and stuff like that your theme song is gonna make it's gonna do more um and then it's a theme song so that's every episode um that that joint airs and re-airs and then if you get something like you know that's just been playing forever like seinfeld or something like that um or like a fresh prince of bel-air you like I mean, it doesn't. It, you're just gonna be getting royalties forever, like after death. You're gonna be you're gonna be dead making money. So yeah, I would go for the theme song. Movie placement is gonna depend too, cause you don't really know. You know, you don't know what the situation is. How much is it? How much is the? Uh, how much is the fee? And then you don't like if it's. Well, things are kind of different now because you can't go to the theater to watch a movie. But you don't get in the U.S. You don't get royalties for movies playing in a movie theater. There's no like movie theater royalties. So in other countries there are, but not in the U.S. So that's going to be like, you know, a upfront sync fee. I don't know. Like, you know, if it's a soundtrack situation, that may be something different. Um... I don't know how it works if, you know, if it's like being printed up on DVDs and streaming stuff. I don't know what those numbers look like. Um, on a major, like on a major movie for, with a full song. So that's a good question. Pro Squad TV says most time when movie when movie scores there is usually a license fee for that song instrumental. Yeah. Ice Cold said, "Is it true that a song placement pays more than a beat placement?" I've reached out to music supervisors and they prefer songs with vocals rather than just instrumentals. Or are there levels to this? Um, yeah, full songs, full songs with vocals um, will pay more than a, than an instrumental. Like when you see when you see like a a royalty statement on BMI or CSAC. There's codes that they use, so it'll be like a, like a vocal performance or like background instrumental. Um, so they use like BI or if it's like a featured use, different thing. They have different codes and that's how they know how much to pay you for each one. Um, so a song, a song is always gonna have um, a little edge over instrumentals because for one, it's a full song. Um, so you got, you know, those those opportunities for full songs and films, movies and different things like that. Um, but then you also have an instrumental to the full song so they can always create an instrumental or have an instrumental of the full song versus an instrumental like that's it. Like you don't 
Yeah, I mean, that's it. You you may have stems to an instrumental, but that's it. It's just an instrumental. There'll never you can there'll never be vocals to it. Um, so yeah, I mean, the song placements are most likely going to do better than just an instrumental. Um, then it depends on what the instrumental is for. If you do an instrumental for a commercial, um, that's probably going to pay more than an instrumental, like a background instrumental on a reality show. So there's different levels depending on what the instrumental is being used for and what the song is being used for. Um, Cause there's different categories for the songs too. Like you can have, you can have like a featured placement for a song in a film, or you can have what's called like a, a I think it's called like source music or something. Like if if someone's in a restaurant and the music is playing in the background, like as in like as if it was coming from a radio in a restaurant, that's gonna pay differently than if an artist was like just performing in the restaurant and like the camera was on the artist performing their song like it's gonna look completely different so it's yeah man it's it's all over the place for real <clears throat> but yeah um it definitely seems like music supervisors are you know definitely looking for for full songs a lot of the time Also, who owns the master to that full song, different levels. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you, either either you're going to have, you know, a record label who owns the master or if you're just completely 100% indie, you own the masters. Um, so, yeah, all that stuff plays a role in, in, um, in who gets what and, and how much. Kwa says, when you're doing music for TV or film, does that company submit a cue sheet and it lands on your pro or do you get one from the company so you can enter it yourself? Um, <clears throat> so, so the process looks like this, right? So you sign a deal with the music licensing company. Dope, congrats. You're working with them. You submit music to them when they ask you for music. They take your music, upload it to their catalog, Usually they're acting as your publisher at this point for the tracks that you send to them. They register those tracks with your pro on your behalf as your publisher. Um, so they'll get the publishing side of your royalties. You keep your writers shares of your royalties. And then um, if someone decides that they want to use your music and it gets placed, then the TV production company um, does what's called a, a cue sheet and that you know just tells it tells the pro like what was used and when was used and what production and all this stuff and then the tv production company sends that cue sheet to all the pros um so that then they could decide who gets paid what and what and who owns what um so that's usually what what that looks like so when you're working with like a library or music licensing company most of the time you don't have to worry about registering stuff with your pro they usually take care of that for you if you want to be sure though i always recommend just asking them so you know what you you know what you have to do what you're responsible for um so you know everything is covered <clears throat> and know that you know you're able to collect um, what you need to collect. Really good question. Where are the professional sports, NFL, NBA, go to sync licensing companies or libraries? Yeah, they, they use like a combination of, um, <clears throat> of everything, you know, like they, they have music coordinators, uh, for those networks. 
and um like the so it's really it's really it really comes down to like the tv networks and the the production companies um those are the ones like not like necessarily the nfl like the league directly all the time like there's there's departments you know that go and outsource the music for um for their productions and things like that so they you know they have their relationships with supervisors and licensing companies and libraries just like just like everybody else <clears throat> so yeah it's like tbn T, um, not tbn tnt and cbs they have uh yeah they have like music coordinators and stuff like that um and then they use um libraries uh, publishers, things like that, and they kind of source the music from from the sources that they have. No doubt, John. Appreciate you guys coming through. If you guys are loving the information, man, smash that thumbs up. So I know, and I'll just keep them, I'll keep them coming every week. You don't stop. <clears throat> I said, if an artist is independent and I sell them an exclusive, the masters can be negotiated. I know a record label will own the master completely. Have you yourself own a percentage of a master? Um, yeah so unless you like unless you sign it off to a label or or whatever um or a publisher you are like you always own it um if you create it with an artist i mean you can usually so a, like the songwriter and the producer or the or the artist it, it depends on how it depends on how you do business like it depends on what your contract says when you you know when you do a song for artists like are they paying to own the master recording of of the song because you know sometimes if if an artist is paying you for an exclusive track you know are they paying to um to then own that master of of their song as an artist um in that case um you know they could be the the master owner um but it really it really depends on what your agreement says when you do when you do that or you know is it you both own it 50 50. <clears throat> Um, so when when something when something's licensed, there's like it's two parts of it, right? So there's the master recording, and then there's uh, the composition. Uh, so what what you'll see happen a lot of times is if. Uh, say there's like a big a big record like a major artist record and they like the song but they don't want to pay they don't want to pay the fee that it's going to cost to use that master recording from the big artist they'll have like an indie artist come in and just record a new master um so they're still going to have to hit up the original you know the uh the original writers of you know the the underlying work the lyrics and things like that um but to clear the the master side of things it'd be could be cheaper or, or a little easier um so that's a way that they kind of work around that Dice Beat said, how to stand out in a library or sync licensing company? Do you have to know someone? 
Not at all. I mean, it helps if you know somebody personally, but you don't have to. Like, the best way to stand out, in my opinion, is to consistently deliver. Every time they send a brief out, like, try and submit something to that brief. And then make sure, like, all your stuff is, like, super quality. Um, and they, they won't ignore that. Like, when they see... Um, when they see, like, you're consistently submitting stuff um and just and following up on the briefs that they send excuse me that they send out um that's 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 the best way to stand out in my opinion especially if you're working with like you know some of the smaller libraries um they'll notice like when you submit stuff and and for the people who just you know flake out after a while and just being you know being easy to work with um i mean there's some companies where like i didn't know anybody but then i started started working with them and then eventually like you you're known as the guy who can do dope r&b and hip-hop so then they're like they've personally reached out and be like yo can you do a certain number of these tracks like you have a lot of these in, in our catalog and we need more so yeah they'll they'll find you man Ain't Groove Muse. What's up, bro? Uh, the question is, do you have a template with all your plugins, effects, etc.? What do you do for a producer block? Um, I don't have I have I have a template on on my website, but it's shoot, did I have um I can't remember if I use stock logic plugins or if I had the plugins that I actually use. I can't remember honestly it's been a while since I created that joint um I know for sure I don't have one with the stuff that I use now with an exception of my mixing uh urban mixing made simple video course that one I, I break down the plugins that I use when I mix and things like that what's on my mastering chain um I give you the stems but there's no template but literally you can see my screen so you can like just copy um, and replicate, you know, what I show you in that, in that course. Um, what do you do for producer block? I have not had producer block in, um, shoot, since I started licensing, honestly, but, um, here's a few things you can do to combat producer's block. You can collab with somebody, you know, um, you know, that other people bring fresh ideas to the table and it causes you to think, you know, differently, creatively, um, so you can you can bounce ideas back and forth that's one way uh second way is to play around with you know different different loops or loop packs get some new sounds get some new drums um just something new to kind of spark creativity and approach things from a different angle um that's another way to kind of to get out of it um another thing that i'll do like if if i'm not feeling inspired is just take a break and then just walk away um for a little bit and just do something not related to music and just kind of enjoy life um go shoot i don't know go to um a different area in the, <laughs> in the country or something to just soak in music in a different region man um and just take a break um, that helps man sometimes you just gotta like you just gotta take a break and, and you know not force it uh per se but um you know just go and 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 find some inspiration through just living life you know what i mean um so there are, those are a few ways you can kind of get out of out of producer's block um also do some do a different genre like if you do you know one or two genres a lot try and do something completely different that you don't normally do uh that's why i haven't had producers block is because in licensing i do different things i do r&b hip-hop i do some pop occasional edm stuff um 
done some gospel stuff, some contemporary Christian stuff, some children's music stuff, um, some ambient, some tension, some orchestral trailer kind of stuff. Like it's all over, right? So I'm really able to kind of, you know, just kind of hop outside the pocket and do different things. Um, and that just keeps me, um, keeps me on my toes. Thank you for listening to the Music Is My Business podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to do so now so you can know every time I drop a new episode. If you found the information helpful, please be sure to rate and review the podcast so we can get this dope info out to more music entrepreneurs like you. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, if you want to learn more about how to get your music placed in TV and film, visit ClintProductions.com today to download my free six-step guide to TV placements. These are the steps I took to land my first 10 TV placements in a little over a year. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.